Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled A Life Pleasing to God, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have had power line issues beyond our control. It has caused noise in all our audio equipment. We apologize for any audio noise we could not remove. It is possible it is finally fixed. However, at this time, we are unsure that it is actually the case. We apologize for any quality issues we may have beyond our control. I first want to say that last week's recording had a few issues. I was unable to resolve them by post time. I have since fixed that problem. My apologies for last week's sound quality issues if they were perceived to be worse than they appeared to me. Ultimately, new hardware for my computer is necessary. I will be working toward that end in the coming weeks. Again, my apologies for last week's recording issues. Last week, we studied the passage found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. However, as I have said before, each verse and paragraph is a literal treasure trove of spiritual knowledge. As a result, last week we only examined verse 1, which read, Finally, then, Brothers and sisters, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received instruction from us about how you must live and please God, as you are in fact living, that you do so more and more. Commentary was also a treasure trove of further understanding. So much so, last week's entire podcast was on verse 1 alone. Barnes' New Testament notes also told us they were not to exhibit partial virtues, not to perform one set of duties to the neglect or exclusion of others, not to be faithful in their duties to God and to neglect their duty to men, not to be punctual in their religious rights and neglectful of the common laws of morality, but they were to do everything that could be regarded as the fair subject of commendation and that was implied in the highest moral character. This week, we further examine scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Remember, Paul seemingly takes a detour here and goes down an apparent new path. It is actually a prerequisite for what comes next in the bottom of this chapter. It is also the foundation for building the necessary requirements in our lives 
for what comes next in chapter 5. Just what is a life pleasing to God? Find out. Let's get started. There are three subjects in this total passage. The first two are related and only separated by paragraphing. The third subject has its own heading. So, the verses related to the first part read, Finally then, brothers and sisters, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received instruction from us about how you must live and please God, as you are in fact living, that you do so more and more. For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is God's will, that you become holy, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own body in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. In this matter, no one should violate the rights of his brother or take advantage of him, because the Lord is the avenger in all these cases, as we also told you earlier and warned you solemnly. For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 1 through 8. Let's take a quick look at verse 8 that ends this thought. It reads again, Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. What did this verse just say about rejection of what Paul is saying? It said, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God. This rejection is worth examining further. We shall see as we now drill down to that. So, let's start our fuller examination. Our study this week starts in verse 2. Verse 2 reads, For you know what commands we gave you, through the Lord Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 2. That doesn't sound like much by itself. However, it is a part of a larger context. As such, it may have meaning for us we are completely unaware of since it is part of a literary flow. It even seems a gentle reminder of the commands they were given through the Lord Jesus. Commentary gives us further understanding. It comments on, For ye, or for you know what commandments we gave you. When among them, such as those of faith and love, the ordinances of the gospel, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, and all such as relate to the worship and service of God, to the discipline of Christ's house, to their behavior one towards another, and their conduct in the world, and which were delivered to them, not as from themselves and by their own authority, but by the Lord Jesus in his name and by his authority, and as ordered by him, for their commission ran to teach men all things, 
whatsoever Christ commanded, now since they knew what these commandments were, and whose they were, and the obligation they lay under to regard them. The apostle makes use of it as a reason or argument to engage them to obedience to them. For he that knows his Lord will, and does it not, shall be beaten with many stripes. Reference Luke chapter 12, verse 14. This commentary passage from the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. That's a bit harsh, don't you think? So listen closely, and you will better understand momentarily. Today, what possible relevance could this reference have for us? Let's read the mentioned cross-reference to be sure. It reads, But that slave, knowing the will of his Lord, and not preparing, nor doing according to his will, will be beaten with many stripes. Luke chapter 12, verse 47. Please note, the word, quote, Lord, end quote, and, quote, his, end quote, are capitalized, denoting Jesus and or the Father, as opposed to a worldly Lord of the day when this passage was written. Remember, if nothing else, life and rule in the days of Jesus was dramatically different from our lives in these modern times today. Even still, Jesus is making an in-the-moment analogy that his audience of that day would immediately understand. Today, being vastly removed from that culture, we have to better understand that culture and dig deeper for the same amount of understanding. Commentary here helps. It reads, Which knew his Lord's will, who knew what his master wished him to do, he that knows what God commands and requires, many stripes shall be severely and justly punished. They who have many privileges, who are often warned, who have the gospel and do not repent and believe, shall be far more severely punished than others. They who are early taught in Sunday schools or by pious parents or in other ways and who grew up in sin and impenitence will have much more to answer for than those who have no such privileges. From Barnes New Testament Notes It may be more apparent what Jesus is speaking in Luke chapter 12, verse 47, and using something that people easily understood then and was a part of everyday life in those days, which served as a long-standing analogy that works well even in a day when the actual punishment is no longer used. A verse cross-reference helps support our path of examination. It reads, Therefore, although God has overlooked such times of ignorance, he now commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has set a day on which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he designated, having provided proof to everyone 
by raising him from the dead. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 through 31. That should help clarify better what we see here in Scripture. Here are five comments from commentary to support our thinking here. To repent, to exercise sorrow for their sins, and to forsake them. If God commands all men to repent, we may observe. 1. That it is their duty to do it. There is no higher obligation than to obey the command of God. 2. It can be done. God would never command an impossibility. 3. It is binding on all. The rich, the learned, the great, the happy are as much bound as the beggar and the slave. There is no distinction made. It pertains to all people in all lands. Or, it must be done, or the soul lost. It is not wise, and it is not safe, to neglect a plain law of God. It will not be well to die reflecting that we have all our life neglected and despised his plain commands. And five, we should send the gospel to the heathen. God calls all the nations to repent and to be saved. It is the duty of Christians to make known to them the command and to invite them to the blessings of pardon and heaven. From Barnes New Testament Notes Didn't we say of verse 2 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that it doesn't sound like much? It even seems a gentle reminder of the commands they were already given through the Lord Jesus. Yet we have found so much more than what we see and read on the surface. This is the point I have been trying to make with you about these books. It is also true of many other books of the Bible. As I mentioned earlier, both books to the Thessalonians are extremely full of content. With that in mind, we will now jump to verse 8. It reads, Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8. Notice how this verse opens and reads to the comma. Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God. Wow! Rejecting God, period. This commentary passage is very matter-of-fact. It is clear and without any yielding. It is 100% unyielding. Today, we can read that this way. Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God's authority. That is very plain and very clear. There is just no other way to interpret this commentary for 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8. That commentary reads, He who disregards 
such commands as these, which call him to a holy life, is really rejecting and disobeying God. Some might be disposed to say that these were merely the precepts of man, and that therefore it was not important whether they were obeyed or not. The apostle assures them in the most solemn manner that though communicated to them by man, yet they were really the commands of God. From Barnes New Testament Notes Commentary further comments, He therefore that despiseth. The Vulgate Latin adds, quote, These things, end quote, These exhortations now delivered the commandments given by the Lord Jesus Christ and the will of God above declared. He that rejects these things with contempt takes no notice of them and acts not according to them despiseth not man, not men only, the apostles of Christ, and ministers of the gospel. For by despising these exhortations, they themselves were despised, though not alone, but God, Father, Son, and Spirit, God the Father, whose will was their sanctification, even to abstain from fornication and every act of uncleanness, which, if not attended to, was a despising of him, and the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom and for whose sake they were entreated and exhorted, and in whose name and by whose authority the apostle gave them these commandments. Wherefore, to slight them was to slight Jesus Christ himself, and, by the way, this is a proof of the true and proper deity of Christ. Moreover, such despisers also, in some sense, do despite unto the Spirit of grace, by whom the apostles spake, or who spoke in them these things. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. That was commentary on this rendering of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8, which, in this translation, reads, Therefore, the one that despises does not despise man, but God, even he, giving his Holy Spirit to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8, from Green's literal translation. All right, let's unpack all of this so it makes better sense to us. I am sure there are some things gleaned from this initial examination. Let's dig a little deeper. Notice again what Scripture said. The one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God. There is no wiggle room here in that comment in Scripture. Commentary firms that up even more if you do not see that in Scripture. Commentary told us, God the Father, whose will was their sanctification, even to abstain from fornication and 
every act of uncleanness which, if not attended to, was a despising of him and the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom and for whose sake they were entreated and exhorted, and in whose name and by whose authority the apostle gave them these commandments, wherefore to slight them was to slight Jesus Christ himself. This is a proof of the true and proper deity of Christ. Notice what happens to those who, quote, slight, end quote, or mitigate the commandments of Christ. To slight or mitigate the commandments of Jesus Christ was to, in fact, slight Jesus Christ as if he were in their presence, slighting him to his face, slighting or mitigating him as though he were present in person. Simply put today, they were sinning to or at God, to Jesus Christ directly. Today, many incorrectly assign sin levels. One sin is not more egregious as another. While incorrect, even on that scale, we can see this particular sin is almost the worst. What Barnes' New Testament notes said is also relevant. It reads, The Apostle assures them, in the most solemn manner, that though communicated to them by man, yet they were really the commands of God. The form of assurance the Apostle uses is this, to ensure as against loss from the freedictionary.com we can then reread this verse like this the apostle ensures them against loss in the most solemn manner that though communicated to them by man yet they were really the commands of God. Next week, we will continue to examine this subject titled, A Life Pleasing to God, in Part 3. In Chapter 3, this subject continues. Verse 11 is the continuation of this thought. To aspire to lead a quiet life, to attend to your own business, and to work with your hands as we commanded you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. I hope you can see the present-day contradictions with this verse alone. If not, lay or download next week's episode titled, A Life Pleasing to God, Part 3. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. All other quotes bear the source they are from. This study podcast 
is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is also found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at site123.com is unchurched dot site one two three dot m e this website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item our rss feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms please use the search phrase church of the un insert dash symbol church again church of the un insert dash symbol church to find us on a podcast platform like itunes google podcasts tune in or spotify to name a few we refresh our rss feed with every weekly episode upload on sundays these sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week. This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.